is literally dust on my recorder, Sheldon. That's how long it's been <laughs> and how badly I keep my house since we did an episode of You Killed It. Due to popular demand, we're going to be doing a little, a little first time, first time we've been doing this for You Killed It. We're doing a Q&A. We're going to be like 50 cent and play 21 questions. I'm John Chidley wow. Hill. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the question and answer special edition. We got uh, a few tweets in the past couple of weeks asking if we were going to do, you know, some sort of off-season specials because, you know, people are at, at home during this crazy time, during this pandemic sort of at loose ends and they had come to look forward to hearing me and Sheldon speak, Sheldon and I speak. And I mean, personally, I'm very flattered that people miss us and wanted to hear what we had to say about things sort of beyond the challenge. So Sheldon and I spoke behind the scenes, exchanged some texts and decided that what we would do is we would answer some questions. And so for the past week, We've been taking questions about the challenge and about reality TV and about love, life, feelings, about ourselves. <laughs> oh, I'm, I missed all those questions. <laughs> Sheldon, you want to maybe explain why you uh, missed all those questions? Uh, it's been kind of a hectic time. Uh, <laughs> sports is back. So it's been back to work, back into the office. Uh, those that might know. Uh, shouts to, I think it was Carrie. I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong, but I think it was Carrie at one point retweeted the other pod I do, and she's just like, I'm going through withdrawal <laughs> right now, so I guess this will have to do about the Raptors pod. So, like, for those that know, we also do a Raptors pod here on, on Blast, and so it's been kind of busy, been kind of hectic back to work, and there's been big news going on in the United States, just some crazy-ish going on. Some of it affected the Toronto Raptors, and there was a video that was posted uh, last week, and it was of the Raptors president being pushed by an officer mm -hmm. of the law in Oakland, and I'm tiptoeing around how I say this because I don't really want to get into it, but I'm, <laughs> I bring it up just to say this. Posted the video a week and a half ago, and it kind of went what they call viral, and there's still people in my mentions right now arguing about this video, and so apologies if I haven't responded to any of my challenge peeps who have been commenting or asking us questions in the mentions because I can't like i can't even begin to explain the disgusting nature of some of the things that are in my mentions right now so apologies to some people if i haven't gone back to you as we normally try to on this so you killed a podcast but either way appreciate the love and shouts to john for going through and finding all these comments and questions and being able to come up with some content here for our you killed it fans who might be missing this whole community that we've built here. Yeah, well, fortunately, I've been on a staycation. So I've just, every time someone has tweeted at both Sheldon and I with a question or uh, slid into the DMs or whatever, 
uh, I've been able to copy and paste it into a handy iPhone note. And then I actually, for the first time, another first in You Killed It history, this is the most produced show we've ever done. As we actually have a shared format, which is, and we actually had a, what, 30 second discussion about how we're going to do this? Would you say it was that much, Sheldon? So that means this is going downhill from here. Yeah, this, this is the pinnacle, guys. It's all going downhill. Um, but yeah, let's get to the questions because they were a lot of fun. And I am, I do want to state, I am so pleased uh, with all the responses we got. Um, it was really cool. I, I'm pretty sure some of the questions are like, like a lot of long-term listeners, a lot of names that like you'll recognize for sure. But there's, I think, a few people that are first-time question askers on You Killed It, which is also exciting. Here's the thing, right? And and I'm saying this in part, I'm just going to say it. Here's the thing. As we do this podcast, You Killed It, and, you know, even going on, if I, if I mention the other pods on On Blast, whether it's Wrap It Up or Ball On Blast, something that you guys might not realize or you might realize but you don't fully understand is... We do this for the regulars. We do this for the day ones. We do this for, you know what I mean? Like, that's why we're basically here, right? Like, if it wasn't for the the lifelong or the day one listeners or the longtime listeners, there wouldn't really be a podcast because the energy we get from reading the, the comments or, you know, feeling the same vibes as we are while we watch episodes and just hearing feedback from you guys and sharing ideas even when you guys tell us that we're wrong or tell us that you know tell us that we're wrong tell us that we're stupid or whatever even agree with us that's really why we do this like it's not for any other reason it's not because you know we like hearing the sounds of our voice because personally i dislike the sound of my voice but (laughs) you know what i'm saying like so yeah when I you mentioned that. that most of the comments are for the day ones, of course they are. That's exactly what we'd expect, and that's exactly why we're doing this. Uh, Sheldon, I love the sound of my own voice, and <laughs> I am most excited to answer the questions about us because talking about myself is my favorite topic. So. Oh, man. Uh, am I allowed to pass? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. You can pass. I think... <laughs> I think I'm going to be able to answer every question. I've had the advantage of, of like looking at the questions for longer and like thinking about them. Um, but yeah, you can you can pass. I, I'm certainly gonna like tackle. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be able to answer every question. Okay. Okay. I, think I can do it. Let's start. Uh, Jordan Reginato and Lucas Wyatt both asked. Who is our favorite male and female challenge contestant of all time and why? Wow. Of all time. All time. Uh, do you have yours right off the bat? Yeah, sure. Uh, I would say of the women, I, th- I think I'm going with Smashly. Oh, okay. Because interesting i like how she plays the game and like she's so unpredictable like yeah there's other really great competitors but you know what they're gonna do right like you know how a johnny bananas plot line is gonna play out more Mm -hmm. or less you certainly know what but like is smashly gonna win the season or is she gonna quit after the first night who's (laughs) to say you don't know 
Yeah. Uh, but she's also like very uh, competent. Like she's she's a two time champion. Mm-hmm. She has made finals. Like she can back it up. Uh, so I'd say Smashly, just as we always say, a five tool so player. I'll say my favorite female competitor is Laurel. And yeah. it's just because she's an absolute beast. She might be my favorite challenge competitor, period. Just mm-hmm. because I think like the domination, we use sports analogies all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, when you watch LeBron Dominator, Kobe Dominator, Mike Dominate, or switch to whatever sport, you like watching that. You like watching greatness. So when it comes to challenge greatness, Laurel's a beast. There's been few times where you've seen Laurel get dominated. She would probably win every single season if not for, you know, bad gameplay or, or things that make the challenge a challenge. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, newer people to the challenge might see Laurel still be the physical competitor. But old school challenge people might remember Laurel the partier as well. Like Laurel... We're talking Smashly Five Tool Player. Laurel's been in these streets having a good time on the challenge for a very long time as well. So, yeah, if you're asking me my favorite female competitor, Laurel. I'd say Laurel like crossed my mind for a minute, and then I decided to go with Smashly because I'm very much thinking in terms of like where I am August 2020. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean for sure. And, and on that note, I find answering who's my favorite male competitor of all time a lot harder because my tastes have evolved yeah for sure right like 10 years ago the people i was cheering for are not the people i would cheer now and like when i go back and if i were to go back and watch old seasons i would be less into what they're about yeah so i'm going with for male competitors wes because i find wes really entertaining Mm -hmm. yeah i'm going with wes even even then, like it's tough because like I have a runner up, that's like neck and neck with Wes. But okay, I'm leaving it open for you because you might say my runner up as your number one. Hmm, I, I'm kind of surprised that you would think that you know what I'm gonna pick because I kind of think I'm off the board here. Oh, because my favorite male competitor is Roy Lee. See, I thought you were gonna say Leroy. Honestly, I the other one in my conversation is CT. But go ahead. Yeah. So Leroy is just a nice guy. Yeah. And you know, obviously, an early Leroy was in these streets having fun, like Laurel, right? But in terms of challenge gameplay, Leroy is just a good dude. Um, he's managed to be aligned with Johnny Bananas for so long, but without the stank of Johnny Bananas, which is hard to do if you really think about it. Um, and again, it, as you mentioned, you mentioned 2020 and where we are with the challenge now. Johnny Bananas kind of had like a makeover <laughs> in his challenge career, right? So it even feels kind of odd talking about him currently as like this villain or someone that people really are annoyed with, right? Because that wasn't the, the most recent version of him that we've seen. Um, but yeah, Leroy is just a good dude. And I think that matters a lot. Like the biggest thing we talk about all the time is, would you have a drink with this person? Would you, you know, want to hang out with these people? 
you know, like that that type of thing. And Leroy is definitely just a nice guy. And even if you go back to his real world season, like we'll always remember one of the the best bromances in show history is him and Mike Mike. Yeah. Right? So like you just see that and you just good peoples. And always gonna be about good peoples. That's why we watch the show. Mm-hmm. All right, next question. And sorry, he's become the the one last thing I'll say too. It's a great. It's almost he's almost become the underdog story in terms of you want to see him win, and it hasn't happened yet, but you want to see it happen at some point. So it, that also adds to the allure of each season when he comes back. It's like, oh, is this going to be the season that he figures it out and can win? Yeah, and, and like that's. I mean, I I think if Leroy wins a season, I think people will be ecstatic because I, yeah. I think you're not alone. I think he's really well liked and really well respected, and just like you know, you're rooting for him. And we've also seen him mature a lot too. Like he was always a good mm-hmm. guy, but yeah. we've seen him like uh, that season War of the Worlds too. He was such a leader. Mm-hmm. In the uh, uh, for Team US, right? Like he was the only one that really had his eye on the prize throughout. Yeah, for sure. Um, several people want to know what our favorite season is, and Eric also asked what our least favorite season or format was. You know, it's weird. I don't have like this is gonna sound like a cop out, but trust me, it's not. My favorite season of the challenge is always. The current season of the challenge okay because yeah. every single time that we get to like i've i've said this on record so I'm, I'm not copping out i promise you nothing gets me more hype than the first trailer of the challenge like oh, when the yeah. first season episode ends of the season and it's like this season on the challenge that always gets me so hype and in that moment, those first few episodes, you're always just like, oh, this show is so good. And it never fails. No matter which season it is, right? Always those first few episodes of the challenge of like, oh, this is the best. And so I'm not one of the people that go back and watch prior seasons. Do you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. you know, so I feel like there's the same I'm on the same like wavelength every season in terms of it starts out and it's amazing and then there's a point where all the shenanigans kind of stop and the gameplay becomes way more serious and then you know you're kind of just waiting out until the final like every season is almost the same in a certain way do you know what I'm saying and so in that sense yeah so I'm not copping out but that's kind of my answer, which a, apologies if some people think that's a cop out. No, I think it's a very legitimate answer. Uh, for me, it's Fresh Meat 2 for multiple okay. reasons. First of all, it's, it's in Canada. So, you know, our home <laughs> and native land. Okay. Second of all, uh, it's the first full season of the challenge that I watched. And it's okay. what got me hooked on the show. It's got, if you haven't seen Fresh Meat 2, I strongly recommend it. To me, it's the beginning of the modern uh, challenge. It's got one of the most compelling storylines in terms of like in competition, like who's going to win this season. And it also introduced so many of the castmates that we know today. That was Kara's first season. That was Laurel's first season. That was Teresa's first season. And 
it just it really sort of explained what the dynamic was going to be for the next like five years in terms of like how the house was divided yeah Uh, so it's i really enjoyed it and and, like it's what led to rivals which was also obviously a big rivals the Rivals series was just awesome right because that to me was really cool in the sense of just from a gameplay standpoint why i've always thought the challenge we kind of touched on this a couple weeks ago i don't remember what the context was when we were talking about um the challenge not getting enough credit for the react for its place in reality tv but in terms of these competition shows the ability to keep just remixing your seasons and the whole concept of okay, well, here's past competitors, but we're now bringing you back and you have to work with someone you desperately despise. And when they would run the montages, you know, the season starts and it's like, oh, you're partnered with this person. And then you get the little montage of them beefing the prior season. Like, it's just such great producing, such great storytelling, such great showmaking. Reality TV at its best. So yeah, you're right about the rival seasons. The rival seasons are definitely dope and i think those seasons don't get enough credit for what they've done for survivor yeah or big brother or shows like that that get probably more uh mainstream attention than the challenge does uh and my least favorite season is Mm -hmm. the island like maybe the the hardest watch because by the end everyone is just miserable basically people aren't speaking to each other by the end um okay. the no one is especially likable that season and there's one guy he's not on the show anymore uh dan i forget his last name but i don't remember he's like over the course of the season he's sinking into his alcoholism okay and like obviously have like free access to booze and like everyone's really concerned about him like it's really not a great like and like the format's really bad because they're definitely like trying to like get that survivor energy like it's really not there's like island voting it's and like it's one of the worst finales ever it's really it's no good man so i don't and apologies if i'm if i'm ruining this just tell me that i'm ruining this because someone probably asked this question but I was going to, like, what's the favorite kind of gimmick in terms of we've seen the Ruins, there's been Battle of the Exes, there's been uh, Rivals, or the Worlds. Is that one of the questions that someone asks? It is. We can answer it Okay, now. never Let's mind. No, 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 no. Save it. Never mind. Disregard this whole part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, then Holly McNeil wants to know, mm-hmm. what are our top challenge moments of all time? especially from seasons that we have not covered so top three from each of us if you can if you can come up with three i can come up with three three moments um well for sure the backpack moment is like that's the first one everyone always goes to the johnny bananas backpack is incredible yeah i mean it's ct just showing his dominance and it's it it's also you know People who might be new to the challenge listening to this podcast, 
I always think I never I'm never going to go back and watch challenger seasons, right? Like it's just too long. It's so much of an investment. And it's kind of was a moment in time that I'd like to leave in that moment in time. You know what I mean? But I always think about how funny it would be to go back and watch because of how different things are in terms of there are people who have no idea of what CT the beast was really like. And he was an animal. And to have to dominate another grown ass man like that in an elimination, which you see how other people have done that challenge where for people who might not know what we're talking about, which I don't think that's possible. But in case just in case, like you're strapped to each other, like back to back and you basically had to pull your opponent like to a line 10 feet ahead of you or whatever. Right. And CT was able to just pick bananas up off his back like pick him up and carry him (laughs) all the way to the end like pick whatever sport you want that play by ct is up there i'm not even this i'm not making hyperbole i'm not like that is just a dominating performance that i don't know i clearly have never seen anything like it in challenge history or reality tv history and it's just incredible absolutely incredible whenever i see it all i think about is like have you ever tried to pick up an upset child like a baby that wants to go play (laughs) a toddler that wants to go play it's really difficult right like if someone does not want to be picked up they can twist and they can squirm yeah and that's like for like a 30 or 40 pound child johnny bananas Uh... at that point must have weighed like 200 pounds yeah. First, CT got up and walked like he was carrying the groceries. Like it's pretty much insane, and like fully, jo- he's carrying Johnny Bananas's weight completely. Like Johnny is not touching the ground <laughs> and is struggling as much as he can, and yeah. CT like walks fifty feet in like ten seconds and just drops him. Like it's nuts. Uh, I mean, it's funny, too, because if you think of it and I got to stop apologizing for making sports references, I feel like people people who bought into this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of get it. But the fact that it's referred to as the backpack and you think of like just iconic sports moments like the catch, the Mm -hmm. shot, Mm -hmm. right? Like or even the golden goal for our Canadian fans. But. Do you know what I mean? Like the fact that it's just it has its own name. It is just a great sports moment. Yeah. Um, My another classic moment for me, Mm -hmm. top three moment for me was when on Rivals, I guess it's Rivals season one, where CT yelled at Wes for like 12 hours. (laughs) And they had to show it in a montage where he's just like, sitting beside Wes talking and like Wes is just standing there taking it like barely replying <laughs> yeah yeah oh is that one of your mo- that's okay that's yeah okay um this might be kind of controversial all right because I'm calling it one of the best moments and I know that a lot of people don't like him for this moment but bananas stealing the money from uh what's your name Sarah Sarah that is one of the best moments in challenge history. 
Like, I don't care what anyone wants to say. You might hate it. You might dislike it. You might think that he's being a jackass. But my question to you is, are you not entertained? Like, that made you feel something. Like, in the moment, watching it, even if you thought it was going to happen, however you felt, it made you feel something. And that is what entertainment is about. You watched it. You liked it. It made you feel a certain way about it. That is a legendary moment in the challenge because, and again, going to other television shows, you never even thought of seeing something like that on Survivor or Big Brother or whatever other show you want to compare to this, right? So to me, that is an iconic moment. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. The third one is tough. I'm sort of torn between two, but I think what I'm going to go with is when CT and Adam K, yeah, that's right. All three of my moments feature CT. Okay. Uh, lost in the it was it wasn't hall brawl, but where they were against Johnny and Tyler. Was it the choo choo train thing? The choo, yeah, the pain train. Yeah. Especially okay. at, after they lost, and CT like puts his arm around Adam, forgives him for losing, and mm-hmm. for being honest, probably throwing the competition. And okay. goes, are we friends again? Because all season, there was a rival season, all season, CT constantly asked Adam, are we friends again? Are we friends again? Can we be friends again? <laughs> and so, like, him just, like, doggedly trying to restore his friendship with Adam K. So, and- it's, so like, that whole sequence of, like, CT just like dummying Johnny and Tyler. Yeah, the Adam, choo-choo train is a thing. Adam losing, probably throwing it, and CT still being like, "Can we please be friends again?" And like trying to restore that. Mm-hmm. The whole like the all the emotional beats, everything that like that it was sort of like the culmination of a of a season long storyline that did not disappoint. <laughs> Yeah, I was in a, a YouTube hole maybe like a month ago, and the CT and Adam fight Ooh. popped up on YouTube. And for people who might not remember it, or even if you did watch that season and it's just been a while since you've seen it, it deserves a rewatch. Just because it's like, again, to where the challenge is now, it's it's a different show. There's still elements that keep us around. But that scene was just like, oh, yes, I remember that challenge, right? (laughs) Like, just the absolute chaos of, like, five dudes trying to hold CT back. And he's just destroying the whole room. Oh, yeah. It's just, it was was legendary. Legendary. Um, That is not one of my moments, though. My next moment, my last moment, I guess, is... A funnier moment, I guess. Be- and, you know, it's kind of funnier because you got to remember, I guess, the course of what was happening during the season of Rivals. And Kenny and Wes and their battles that they've had, but also Wes doing work, right? Doing work for the majority of the season. But then when it came to the final, Wes was kind of done. And Kenny literally picked up Wes, threw him over his shoulder, and was carrying him up the mountain. Mm-hmm. Kenny is kind of like a challenge legend that as more and more seasons of the challenge continue, he kind of gets forgotten. And it's kind of like 
he might have been the Johnny Bananas, right? Like if everything stayed the same and he they were allowed to still be on the show, which we don't really got to get into all that side of it. But I'll say Kenny probably would have been what Johnny Bananas is, if not a better version of what Johnny Bananas is in terms of the face of the challenge, right? And hosting all these different shows and whatever. So that's also why it's a big deal to me. Because he was such a big, important part of the old school challenge days. But just that scene of him carrying Wes up the mountain and understanding their relationship in terms of being actual rivals is just an incredible moment. Drew Hans wants to know, what theme or format do you think they should bring back that they haven't done in a while? Ooh. Theme or format? So this this sort um, of ties to your question yeah. earlier about like what's your favorite yeah yeah gimmick. yeah. Do you know what I'm probably gonna go with? I always think that the hmm. There's two, and I'm trying to decide between the two. I have an answer, so but, I can answer it by okay. Go time. go go go. Yeah, yeah. I I really liked Battle of the Seasons. That's so funny because okay, go on. Yeah, I I I liked Battle of the Seasons. Because I thought it was an interesting format that a team could be eliminated basically after two shitty weeks, right? Yeah. And I liked that they, you know, sometimes there'd be like a shitty pairing that they would like try to get rid of and be like, okay, maybe we can win this just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And I also like that like sometime, like some seasons got along. And that was to their strength. Some seasons didn't get along. Yeah. It was just like a real mix of personalities. And I just, I really liked that format. I don't know. I I thought it was fun. And like, I think it'd be really interesting to bring it back, especially now that they've opened the show up to many seasons, like many other shows. Like when they last last did, it was just real world and road rules. But if they had like, uh, I don't know, Big Brother season twenty and yeah. The Bachelor and Jordy Shore team and stuff like that. Like, I think it'd be really fun and interesting to see like how would they make it work. No, I totally agree with you. I, I like that. That was one of the choices I was kind of fighting between because it, it is just so simple and easy to do, um, and just such a good just gimmick. Um, but I'm still gonna kind of cheat and pick two. Okay. And the reason is okay, so it's our show and we can do what we want. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of the same theme. So it's between rivals and battle of the X's. And you know, cause kind of that's this it's on the same wavelength, right? Mm-hmm. And battle of the X's the first time you do it is good because you actually have X's, right? As you go along, it starts to be a stretch. Like, oh, these people hooked up once on the show. So, and now they don't talk. So now they're exes. You know, like it's kind of a stretch. But just the premise of you having to work with someone who you, we've seen you beef with on the same show, I think the rivals theme will always go down as being the best just because um, it's built in drama, mm-hmm. right? And we've seen over the years, there's so many different ways for the strategy to work. You have times where you've seen people sabotage, right? You've had times like, okay, well, you're trying to build an alliance, but how can you build an alliance if 
one of the people you don't really mess with so who's gonna be the like there's just so much built-in strategy to it that it just becomes such a good good season because you have built-in drama and as mentioned you know the wes and kenny you know that drama so good yeah so good the the wes and kenny rivalry really really like blossomed on fresh meat too which again is why i love that season like the whole season boils down to like this house 50 percent is behind wes and 50 percent behind kenny and they are just like doing everything they can to ruin each other all season it's great it's still kind of crazy how like how did kenny and laurel not win that might be one of the best duos ever they just dominated too like it's right if you if you haven't seen it like please go on mtv.ca or go on cbc all uh cbc cbs all access and check yeah. out fresh meat too like it is just like such a narrative and like yeah. there's so many twists and turns um our next question paolo Larigio wants to know how are you so awesome plural you don't take all the credit here sheldon um just me (laughs) just you it's just sheldon carrying it uh just just that just that's it (laughs) i'd say as a show we're so awesome because i'm not going to be selfish sheldon (laughs) as a show i think what makes us like the key to our success is that we've been really consistent okay we come out every week that there is an episode of the challenge and like we've recorded uh when i was in france when i was in mexico like we have always we have overcome time zone differences we have overcome like abilities to stream and i think Mm -hmm. that consistency is has been our biggest strength yeah for sure and i think the other part is like we you know when people do shows or they host Mm -hmm. shows i think a lot of people kind of get it misconstrued and i even just stumbled because i was saying hosts of the show because i don't really look at it like that right like i've always looked at these projects whichever ones they are we're having a conversation with people right like the best podcasts that i listen to I feel like I know the people that I'm listening to, even though I've never met them. That Mm -hmm. feels, and that sounds like a weird thing to say. uh, The best example I'll give is probably the Dan Lebitard show, his radio show. Mm -hmm. I love that show. And it sounds like, and the reason why I love it is because you're listening to a group of people working together, talking about whatever the heck they want to talk about. And, you know, those are the best shows when you're not, thinking of it in terms of me or the host talking at you or talking to you but they're speaking with you and i think that's what we've always kind of tried to do whether it's you know taking in people's comments or reading people's comments or just like trying to have a pulse in terms of what the people are saying about the challenge or even just about the show Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is how we end up here where we're doing this show when there is no challenge season on right now. But I think that's really a key part of it, right? Like not taking it too seriously, not thinking that, hey, just because we said this, we're right. 
Yeah. Like, no, no it's we're watching a television show, right? <laughs> and we're watching a reality TV show and talking about it. Like, it's not that serious. And that's a big part of it. We're also genuinely friends, which helps a lot. Like, we talk yeah. about things outside the challenge. Obviously, yeah. people know we went to high school together. We work in the same industry. We have a lot of mutual friends. Yeah. Both from high school and from uh, like our industry, so it it just like I don't know. I think it comes off our banter, as people have called it, as very natural. But this is also just the way we speak to each other. So I think it shows that we're we are friends IRL. IRL. <laughs> also. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do that I do when we're recording, and I know you know I do this, is I purposely say ridiculous things just to make you laugh. And I don't necessarily do that in real life, but I do it on this show because it amuses me. I'm aware. Me. I'm aware. It happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. So, Jordan Reginato has another question. He wants to know if we are both stuck on a deserted island for a year, but can bring one thing we currently own, what is it? my iphone see i thought about an iphone but i'm also like assuming that i wouldn't have bars so like okay um that's a great question that's a great question i'm gonna go with see it's no i'm sticking with my iphone okay i'll figure out a way yeah, you'll climb up a palm tree and like try to get some signal. Some corner of the island, I'll get some bars, man. I I want to say Swiss Army knife, but I don't think I have a Swiss Army knife. Five G, man, five G. <laughs> um, sorry, Jordan, those weren't very good answers, but I don't know. <laughs> a first aid kit, like uh, um, I don't know, man. I can do everything off my iPhone. I yeah. can I, I can get like Uber Eats to the island, <laughs> and then right? ask the like, guy to take you with, with him. Or no, I th- I thought that the whole thing was we get to stay on the island. I guess it is just a year. Yeah, if it's for a year and there's like an end, then I'm for sure just like I, I can know. order Amazon things to the island. Oh, I'm good with my iPhone. Yeah. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh. Drew asks another question. He wants to know, who would you like to see come back in the future that hasn't been on the last few seasons? Hmm. Who would I like to see come back? Uh, There's a couple people. I want to see... I always want to see Laurel back on the challenge because I think, as mentioned, I think Laurel's just a good competitor. Uh, Emily... I think would be someone that'd be cool to come back. Emily Schramm she's, is high on my list for sure. Yeah, she's good peoples and a great competitor. Um, although I will say, like early Emily, who like was still like fun in the house, was obviously better than later on Emily. Like Emily kind of represented the challenge transitioning from, and it's not just her, but I'm saying like she's one of the people that represents a challenge transitioning from the show of quote unquote regular people just being on a show competing to like the CrossFit 
generation of the challenge people who you know are like training to come on the seasons and all that uh but yeah with that said she's still a nice person and a cool person to hang out with so i think yeah i'd like to see her come back and uh there's someone else that i was just about to say a guy oh Darrell. oh yeah Darrell's good people. He's a great competitor as well. I like to see how he would do against, you know, some of the, you know, him against, uh, you know, what's what's my guy, Turbo, or like just some of the like, is quote Turbo, unquote, badass people. Is Turbo your guy now? No, but I just mean in terms of like the strong male competitors, right? Yeah, Darrell yeah. is one of the best male competitors there's ever been on the challenge. So I'd be interested to see how he'd do against some of the new school peeps how he would do against the young bucks even though i know he's gone against them a bit but yeah i'd like to see Devin come back because okay the last season he was on he was clearly not in a good place mm-hmm. but he's gotten really fit and he was really really smart and as the uh the typical cast sort of shifts to more his generation mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see what he could do like for all like when you look at all like the young bucks and whatnot, there's no one like the sort of young bucks vintage the Geordie Shore vintage there's no one that's like a master manipulator like a Wes or a Johnny mm-hmm and like no, I, it's think, true. I think Devin could fill that role. No, that's fair. So I'd be, and he's like, I find him pretty funny. I know a lot of people dislike him, but like that also can make for good TV. Knowing yeah. that people hate him so much, he's a bit of a lightning rod. Okay. Okay. Um, Molly Gibson Kirby wants to know if we could do a Freaky Friday and switch bodies for one day. What would be the first thing we do as each other? Wow. Um, okay. This is going to sound completely random. Love it. <laughs> but I would teach a class. Oh. That sounds random. I know. You're probably like, really? Of all things? Uh, but it's because, the reason being is because uh, I just think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Being a teacher as well or you know like like not i shouldn't just limit it to being a teacher but i think influencing the next generation of creators that is a very important job and it must feel very rewarding and you know being able to shape and mold the next generation of sports journalists that's pretty cool that's pretty cool wow i'm very flattered it's a lot of responsibility Wow, thank you. That you you do a very good job with, as I've met some of your uh, alumni, I'll say. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sheldon. I think (laughs) I really admire your uh, drive, like your energy. Like there's some days where I don't know how you sleep because like you're like so busy. (laughs) Um, No comment, but okay. (laughs) No, but I mean like the amount of content you put out is what I would want to like tap into. I don't know how I would do that, but like, yeah, like just the fact that you have like two or three podcasts going all the time, you do video production, 
like you're all over the socials yeah i'd want to like tap into that energy and like learn from how you stay so motivated because i am not nearly as motivated as you are on a daily <laughs> basis i'm more peaks and valleys where you're as you're a constant okay okay i appreciate it i appreciate it uh jordan reginato wants to know uh what do you think is the worst challenge gameplay move that you can remember and don't he's saying like don't count fights that got people kicked off because those are obviously dumb moves he means like a purposeful manipulation that did not work out or like backfired in some way any of josh's strategies teach wow english any of josh's strategic moves the past four seasons that he's been on i mean that's a really good question a <laughs> good answer um I think for me, man, we're talking about Rivals a lot, but that season of Rivals... It's a great season. It's a great season, and they were... Everyone was so determined to get CT and Adam out, and they got into this, like, mentality of, like, oh, I'm going to volunteer, like, it's going to be me that takes them out, and, like, then CT and Adam would send them packing. Yeah. And, like, to me, that was... That was dumb. Of, like... Yeah constantly like putting up your allies to take it out a team yeah rather than like put up your enemies to take out a team like it was very weird yeah no i hear you i think it's it's it that season will go down just because there's so much going on right and you know you're rooting for ct who is kind of the villain but because of adam their team you're kind of rooting for them but adam kind of wasn't in on on it with ct it's just such a weird season but a good season um so i get it um i also think the moves war of the worlds the uh the moves like the team us team usa they really kind of messed that whole thing up like in the worst way in the absolute worst way right there's no way they should have lost a game that they've been playing against you know the brits but yeah they just played themselves yeah and over and over and over again and could not get over their own bullshit exactly they were worried they were so worried about getting each other out despite the fact that they were on the same team they like they played themselves Mm -hmm. that's it gordon graham wants to know how long is it and gordon i'm so glad you asked uh, the typical episode of You Killed It is about the same length as the episode of The Challenge that we're recapping, right? Like, it's usually about a minute-for-minute minute recap because we, uh, I mean, we've mm-hmm. got a lot of practice at this point. But, yeah, that's typically how it works out, unless there's something that gets us really hot that we need to break down, and then we go a little bit longer. But it's usually about a minute-for-minute minute translation. Gord's going to be pissed. That is not what he was going for at all. <laughs> Maddie Cunning. No comment. <laughs> Maddie Cunning wants to know, what is your all-time favorite memory of one another? I don't know if this is all-time, but one that I would say was pretty cool was, I think the first time 
So obviously, yeah, as mentioned, we went to high school together, cool, but then hadn't seen you in a really long time. And then there was a, a game that we were both covering for the Raptors. And I remember sitting down and then looking across and being like, oh, hey. And I just think that moment, again, it's not like all time, but I think it's kind of cool when you think back to whatever, grade nine, mm-hmm. and then you fast forward all these years later and it's like, you know, it's one of those moments where you don't give some, you realize you don't give yourselves enough credit for how far you've come or where you've gotten to. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, because like that's like when you think of it, like what are the chances of that? Right. Like that's not an easy and I'm not saying this to like big ourselves up. I'm just saying in reality, that's not an easy place to get to. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you think back to, you know, grade nine or grade 10 or whatever class, take your pick and then you fast forward to, OK, covering the professional basketball team in your city that's pretty cool and that was just a really cool moment that's all yeah i will say that's one of my favorite memories of you as well uh we won't get into details but like one of the fun little sides of that story is i nearly got into a fist fight with someone like five minutes later because you would i won't (laughs) get into the details i know you remember this story and if not i'll remind you afterwards wow i don't remember this i'll I'll tell you my memory jogged no no no, don't tell the story no i'll tell tell the story story. but i won't say the name okay you and i were having a conversation in the raptors media room and like we're sort of standing in the middle and the time is like really tightly packed yeah and another reporter who i know and at that point, I'd only known for like two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. He got up and made I a conscious not. decision to walk between you and I yeah. and body checked me, like put his shoulder <laughs> into me Yeah, and kept going by. I was like, I'm sorry, blank. And he turned around and looked at us and said, fuck you. And <laughs> I was, I was pretty steamed at that point. And I, I'll be honest, it was like seven years ago, and I still haven't forgiven that person. Like, I think of it often. It's got to be longer than seven years ago. Uh, eight years max. May, maybe nine years, but like... Okay, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. But uh, yeah, I think now that I've jogged your memory, I think you know who I'm talking about. He's yes. still in... Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know it's... Yeah. So I can't say the name, but... Uh, but yeah, I was I was super pissed. Uh, still still salty about it. <laughs> uh, my favorite memory of you uh, though is more recent. It was actually just like whatever a week ago, and that was I woke up and checked Twitter because I'm a fiend like that. And okay. your tweet of the video of Masai Ujiri and that oh. Alameda County Sheriff had taken off. Like it had already taken off when I saw it. Yeah, and I was so proud of you and pleased to see that like you were the first person on it, and the deserving attention you got, the deserving positive attention that you got for disclosing that, and it really made waves here in Canada, uh, and, and like elsewhere, like in the United States and stuff. Obviously, a bigger deal in Canada because 
the Raptors are Canada's basketball team, but just the way you brought it to the world, you stuck to your morals and your opinions that are obviously very well founded. And I was just, I was really proud of you in that moment and to see you taking off like that. If, even if it like your mentions are shitty right now, like it was definitely worth it. And I think it's an Mm -hmm. issue that people needed to see. Yeah, and and you know, me complaining about my mentions isn't uh I hope it doesn't get misconstrued because like the reality is you can just put your phone down. Yeah, that's true. Right? And so like it's not like there's way worse things going on in the world than like, oh no, my mentions are blowing up, right? Um I think what happened though was me getting not jaded, but like reading people arguing like people making arguments for the police officer oh well he didn't show his pass oh well he didn't do right and it's like that side of it was kind of like okay i gotta put my phone down now because the bots or the people trying to be bots is just too much right now uh no but i appreciate you saying that man it's just a thing where it was um an interesting lesson Right. And it was kind of weird as well when someone messaged me and they were like, yo, you know, the videos at like a million views. And that kind of was weird to process. Yeah. I right. Because like you never really thought of. Right. And, and you know, the other thing I want to say that's kind of super important to me as well in this era of what happens in media is people trying to parlay or glorify something for their own gain mm-hmm. right and i'm tiptoeing a lot when i <laughs> through this conversation but one thing that was super important to me was i just wanted to put the video out there and i worded it specifically for that reason that you know i wasn't just gonna like swear about the cop or be super angry but I did also want to make a statement at the same time, and it was just simply this guy's a clown because he is. Yeah. But like at the same time, here's the video. Watch for yourselves <laughs> and see why this guy's a clown. And I just think you know that part of it was was interesting for me to see and and kind of you know gather the response, but see what actually get the lesson from social media and just how that side of it works. Right. And like choosing your words carefully, which a lot of people don't do on social media. I think that's a a massive part of it. Um, And you know what? I will say this. Also, seeing the people who um, would reach out to you after that or would uh, retweet your video after that and the people who didn't. It was a very interesting lesson and on a lot of different levels. And yeah you know i wish it wasn't i wish it was under different circumstances and you know i like ended up going on the news to talk about it the next day like local news here in toronto or hamilton gta area here which was interesting and you i wish all those things happened under different circumstances but um speaking to you about this like someone who's an actual journalist and sometimes i don't you know my career's taken a lot of weird, different turns, right? And there's been points where, yeah, I write stories. I write, like, legitimate stories and stuff, and I've done that before. But to have, uh, it was a good reminder to me, and I think a good reminder to others, of just, like, 
what it is that we do here or what it what we do or what we're capable of i guess is a better way of saying it because you know if you have the platform you got to use it for certain things yeah i've been very careful about not arguing with people on twitter you haven't really seen me even the the past week i've been kind of quiet on twitter just because of the jacob blake stuff and what's going on again and i don't really want to be out here arguing or you know soapboxing or anything like that but it was funny in, in one of my group texts with a couple friends in centennial grads actually um it was funny because we were talking about it and one of my friends in the group was the one that sent the body cam footage. Mm. And after when I posted that and it started flying as well, it was just interesting to me. Like we were talking about like how, you know, oh, look, like the, the tweets going everywhere. But it was interesting for us as I looked at it and thought of our centennial class. Right. And it, it's yeah. like that side of it's kind of cool to kind of just the reminder of where we all met but also where we all are and also just the role that you have with your platform and how you choose to use your platform mm -hmm. that to me was an interesting reminder and an interesting thing because I, I said this on another pod on the raps pod obviously I didn't have to post that for people to see the video that's not what I'm getting at or not what I'm saying obviously the video would have been out there without me doing it in my mind though it was a lesson for social media in the industry in terms of certain things you don't put behind paywalls yeah. right certain things you don't put behind a paywall in the embedded in an article certain things you need to get out for people to see so that they understand why we march or why we kneel or why we protest and that video was super important because as I stated there's some people who see that video and they just think that it's about oh you didn't show your pass to this guy and he didn't let you through and then there's another segment of the population that'll see that video and they'll just they're taken aback because they're reflecting on their own personal experience to where they've been in that exact moment mm -hmm. where you can't really explain to people where I don't even want to get down this of going too far down this road, but I just thought it was an important video to say, and I'm yeah. stopping because I don't want to go too far down this road and I don't want to change the narrative of this pod or whatever. I'll just take your compliment and say, thank you. <laughs> and I appreciate it. Um, well, on a slightly lighter note, Maddie also asked specifically to you, Sheldon, are you, or are you not in the Raptors virtual crowd? No, I'm definitely not in the Raptors virtual crowd. That was not a thing. That was not me. If you thought that you saw me in the Raptors virtual crowd, it's not me. No. No. Uh, I'm not Lauren, that big time. Not yet. Lawrence Thomas wants to know, when is the live after show podcast coming for the challenge? I mean, I guess we got to we got to start with when are live any shows back i see i would i would like to do that but the reality oh, is sorry 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 i'm misconstruing this are we talking no, like about for, like us you like how we're doing the show right now no 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 no. follow me though are we talking about us doing the show right now like as like right now or are we talking like a live like in person with an audience oh I live don't know. show 
I I took it. I took it that Lawrence meant that we would much like you do it with the wrap it up podcast, like where as soon as it ends you go live. As soon as the Raptors game ends you go live. I think that's what Lawrence is suggesting. Oh okay. My issue, like I love that idea. My problem with that is things are weird because of the pandemic, but you and I work strange hours. And the reason why we got into recording You Killed It the next morning is because to consistently record at night used to be impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, my job is in a really weird place right now. For those of you that like follow me on Twitter, like it's no secret. I don't mention it a lot on the podcast, but my job is I'm a sports reporter with the Canadian press, which is Canada's uh, leading wire service. It's like our version of the Associated Press. Typically, when I'm working in sports, I work from 7 p.m. till 2 a.m. or like 5 p.m. till midnight because I'm covering sports and I'm waiting for like the West Coast to wrap up. But and like that's both reporting and editing. But right now, since the pandemic began, I've been working in our hard news department, our Ontario desk, covering things happening in Ontario which means working during the day, like nine to five, pretty much. But like that's, I'm sort of switching between the two right now. Like some days I'm doing one, other days I'm doing the other, some days I'm doing both, like I'm sort of all over the map. So like, it's really, I guess it's really my schedule that's more difficult to do that sort of thing. Like it'd be hard to go immediately live to air, especially if I'm like, at Scotiabank Arena or at Rogers mm-hmm. Center. Like, it wouldn't... Yeah. Like, I can't usually watch the show live, let alone record. Yeah. So, that's the thing. I mean, like, I yeah. like the idea in theory, but... Yeah, I mean, I think if we ever could make it work, uh, we would, because I think it it's also, like, technically from a... Uh, production and post-production standpoint, it's honestly easier mm-hmm. to do it live. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, schedules are tough. And obviously, depending on when the challenge season is, if it's during the basketball season, that makes it a lot more difficult uh, for both of us as well. But yeah, no, the the idea is there for sure. Um, We've but talked if about you it, were sure. talking about, yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, like if you were talking about an actual like live show, like in front of an audience, that's also something we've talked about before. Yeah. But I just don't know when <laughs> any of those things will be possibilities going forward just because gatherings indoors and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, no, those things are on the table. Those things would be fun. But you know what, Mr. Lawrence Thomas, you would be one of the first people to know <laughs> That's true. when those would things be... get greenlit. LT, if we did like an in-person one, you would be like the opening act. Like <laughs> you would be roped in so fast. Yes. Uh, he also wants to know, or he's also suggesting, he highly recommends that we do a say something nice about blank every season there's always at least one annoying cast member every so season. i can't agree to this i cannot <laughs> agree to this because because at one point we're going to be asked to say something nice about josh every episode and i'm not going to do that eric asks say something nice about josh 
I'm dead serious. That's the next question. I'm just shaking my head right now. <laughs> um, no. My concern is... Hold I'm on. Like, is it true? Sorry, sorry, sorry. This isn't something nice about Josh, but this is something about Josh. Is it true that he was supposed to be on this season of Big Brother, but he tested positive for COVID? Yeah, that's what I heard. That's what happened? I heard Holy that, yeah. Geez. I don't know if it's true. Like I haven't like done a deep dive, but that's what I heard. That is... Wow. Damn. Well, I wish him well if that is the case. Well, that's saying something nice about Josh, that you're wishing him yes. well. I yes. will say, as much as I joy, enjoyed the say something nice about Nelson mm-hmm. format, I was concerned, I guess is probably the best word. Because like, okay. n- the way Nelson treats women, I find super problematic. Mm-hmm. And I didn't f- always feel super comfortable saying something nice about him when he had been so shitty and like i agree with lawrence there's always someone annoying that's on every season yeah and like my concern would always be that like we like get four or five episodes into a season saying something nice about someone and then they do something that we can't co-sign like let's say we found d just as annoying if not more annoying at the start of the season if we had done that say something nice about D and then like we found out that she was racist like halfway through like I would have mm-hmm. been like obviously we would have stopped that segment but like it I yeah. would have felt retroactively bad no that's fair and I, I think though one thing that we obviously do as much as we make jokes when it's time to be serious about something we also do that as well yeah yeah for sure and I, I will say something nice about Josh. I think that I'm I know you're probably gonna disagree with this, Sheldon. I think that Josh often is very true to himself. And I know you find him fake. Mm-hmm. When I say he's true to himself, I mean like candid shots. Like when he's flying off the handle, like Josh standing on that table and like losing his mind. Or when Josh cries. Like I think that's that's Josh being real. It's when he's in the in his like, oh, I'm gonna turn this house upside down. Like I'm running shit mode. That's when he's being fake. But like, okay, I do think he's a passionate, emotional person, and like that's not necessarily bad. And I'm sure okay. that in real life, he's a very nice person. Like I understand why people like him. And we saw that in the sort of like reunion special where people are like, oh, Josh, like Josh just being Josh. Like, I think he's actually is a good person. Just super annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Reginato. Again, man, Jordan just peppered us with questions. Jordan went to Centennial with me. We know each other. IRL. If either of us were ever on the challenge, name your top three choices for who you would want to align with. And you can choose from anyone in the history of the show. Hmm. How many people? Three? Three. So like a proper alliance. Okay. So I would align with uh, Wes. Mm Mm-hmm. Laurel. Mm Mm-hmm. And do I have to pick another female? 
You can do whatever you want. Just to even it out? It's your life. And you know what? I'm going to choose Leroy. Because you need oh. someone trustworthy. Oh, that's interesting. Just I, trustworthy people, gamers, a little bit of everything, you know. That's yeah. my squad. I would go with Wes, Emily Schramm, and Laurel. Okay. Because I think Laurel and Emily... Laurel can be a little... How can I put this? Unstable? Yeah. <laughs> she can be a okay. little erratic, but Emily mm-hmm. is very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And I think that... And obviously they would dominate in um, in competitions. Um, yeah, that, those would be mine. Okay, okay. Um, I just realized that I missed so many questions. I missed a whole group of questions. But while that's waiting, I'm going to say... Let me see if I can find them. I did find them. I was going to say, Rochella Valdez also asked along those lines, who would your ideal partner be? Uh, Rochella also asks, who do you think you could beat in a hall brawl? (laughs) Uh, No one. You don't think you could beat anyone in a hall brawl? Like in that, like me currently right now. Yeah. Me currently right now. I'm like sore from a Friday morning workout in the park, (laughs) right? Like my body is sore still from yesterday's workout in the morning with like 40 pound medicine balls and kettlebells in the park. I'm sore from that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really like my chances too much, even against like, I don't know who's the smallest, who's the smallest, uh, male competitor like i don't know yeah they're uh, all really big here's here's one thing i'll say i think they're all shorter than we realize true that's fair that's fair but the thing is they're all significantly more muscular than either of us yeah i mean i think like you know yeah, I, I'm I'm struggling to even think of like one person that I'd be like, yep, I think I could confidently take this dude. Like it, it just now, if you told me, as and it's funny I'm saying this, but if you told me, hey, you're going on a challenge in six months or whatever. Oh yeah, then then right? then we can talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like me right now, like I'm sore sitting here on my couch talking to you. I think, yeah. If I had six months to get ready, like I'm a, a fairly large human being, so like yeah. the thing is I'm not particular particularly muscular. So if I had time to put on like ten or fifteen pounds of muscle, the only thing that would be the savior is that um, clearly there are some people who, as we talk about all the time, don't want the contact. Right? Yeah. But playing contact sports, like whatever. Like I know how to run as if I was carrying a football. So it's like, at least in that instance, you know, you might have an advantage over some people who have not done that. Mm-hmm. Right? So that'd be interesting. Uh, Kay Sung wants to know, are we as handsome as we sound? Asking for her and her other friend here, wink, blow, kiss emoji. Should say Kay is one of my best friends. <laughs> like she's, <laughs> She has met both of us many times. She went to high school with us. She knows 
exactly how handsome we are, which is to say we are as handsome as we sound, if not more so. Your thoughts, Sheldon Alexander. I did that on purpose, by the way. I know, I know you did. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I See, again, I dislike my voice. So. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. This is a, yeah, this is, yeah. Let's, let's move on. Next question. <laughs> uh, Rochella wants to know, between the two of us, who would be better at politicking? Not me. Definitely yeah, I'm sorry. Me. It would definitely be me. <laughs> yeah, definitely not me. I don't want to no. be a dick, but like, definitely not me. When I'm cheese, and if I don't like you, you know I don't like you. <laughs> you know that I don't fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something, and I can't say it. It's I don't want to say it so bad. See, but I take people that have known me. It. Yeah, people that have known me for a really long time, like espe- like obviously my friends, but even people that aren't my friends like but have known me for a long time or even just acquaintances it's pretty quick to tell if i don't fuck with someone at all like you know mm-hmm. like yeah um Rochella, she had like a whole string of questions about like how we would do on the show okay. she also wants to know what are each of our strengths and weaknesses like puzzles swimming endurance so okay I'd like to think I'd be good at puzzles. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think that if I was going on the challenge, I would train so my endurance would be good. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I'd be ready for it, right? Like, I'd run a lot and be ready for the endurance side of it. Um, but I also think a really good quality that I would bring to the table is loyalty. I would mm-hmm. keep my word. You would know that I would be trustworthy. I'm not going to turn my back. I'm not going to double cross or whatever. I'm going to play a straight and honest game. And maybe that might end up being a fatal flaw at some point because it's not how the game is played. But I'd be okay with that. Okay. All right. Um, I think endurance would probably be my strength. Like, I've run five or six half marathons. I've done the grass grind a couple of times. For those of you that don't know what the grass grind is, in Vancouver, there's a two-kilometer hike, but it's basically on a 45-degree angle. So uh, it it really challenges you because uh, the air gets really thin really fast, uh, and it's it's a very steep climb. So I've done that two or three times. So, like, I think I'd do okay. Um, I don't know. I'm an okay swimmer, although I don't swim often anymore. I wonder about the politicking. Because, like, I have a pretty bad temper when I get, like, worked up. And, like, I don't know that I'd be able to, like, keep it under control for, like, six weeks. Yeah. But I, I do think I'd be pretty good at the politicking. I don't know. It's a good question. Um, pretty good question. Eric. I would suck at the math equations. I would tell you that. Not oh, because be... I'm terrible at math, but because of the pressure of it all. Like, I'm okay at math, but let's just say, as soon as calculators became, like, an acceptable thing, like, why would I ever be worried about math? Man, I I mean, 
I failed grade 12 math and my grade 12 math teacher, Mr. Oki, shout out Mr. Oki, mm-hmm. uh, he and I struck a deal where he would pass me if I promised to never take math again. And uh, let's just say we both lived up to our end of the bargain. Hey. Uh, Eric wants to know, which competitors have changed your opinion of them, good or bad, over the seasons? Which, sorry, repeat that for me. Which competitors have you, like, changed your mind about over the seasons? Oh, that's a pretty good, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'll tell you. So... When I started watching the show, I, like I said, Fresh Meat 2 was the first season I watched. And then I was, I'm going to be honest, I was in a really bad place in my life. Like, my life was shit. And so I spent Mm -hmm. a lot of time just watching, like, streaming old seasons of the challenge. Like, I think I watched, I binge watched maybe 15 seasons of the challenge and the real world <laughs> okay from mtv.ca like i would just be at work and i would just like bang out three episodes yeah on my work computer screen um and so i like absorbed it all like everything from like the duel to to fresh meat to like i just went through them all the gauntlet series the duels cutthroat like all that whole like period of time and at that point i really liked the so-called jek empire that's johnny evan and kenny (laughs) yes um and like for a bunch of reasons like at that time you sort of alluded to it kenny and evan were arguably more dominant than johnny Mm -hmm. um and like i thought they were really funny and um Evan's Canadian and to that point had been the only Canadian on the show and like I don't know I was like really into them and I hated Wes yep um, but my opinions have changed on them obviously we won't get into details but Evan and Kenny are no longer welcome on the show uh, I've matured and like if I go back and watch those seasons I don't think as highly as as they do of yeah. them as I once did. Um, Wes has really grown on me because we've really seen him mature, just like mm-hmm. we've seen CT mature. It also helps that Wes has been very kind to you and I on a personal level, coming on the show, answering our questions. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so like, as for me, as like Wes's stock has gone up. Johnny, Evan, and Kenny's stock has gone down for me. And, like, I think it's as much a reflection on where I am as a person as where they are as people. But, yeah, for me, that's those are the, that's the big change. Yeah, I just think that's natural, though, right? Like, when you're, when we're 20 years old, watching 20-year-olds be 20-year-olds, right? It's, mm-hmm. you view it in a different light than you do when you're 30 and watching 20 year olds be 20 year olds. So that's kind of like a natural thing. So I, I think, you know, as I overall look at a bunch of different people and for the most part, as you mentioned, even bananas, Wes, CT, Nani, like you, we've seen these people, Anissa, we've seen these people mm-hmm. grow up. Like they've been in our lives on TV for like 20 years. Yep. And, maybe Leroy 
is like the only person who's kind of been the same and even still you've seen him mature on a different level as well but i'm saying like just a difference do you know what i mean yeah like Wes is different. Obviously, he's grown up, matured, bananas, same thing. But it's it's just, it's kind of natural, right? Like, it's what you'd expect. CT might be the biggest example of that. Um, Kara seen, is just, like, a different person. Like, she just seems, yeah. I don't even know how to describe Kara. I used but, like, to really like Kara, and now I yeah. don't. Also, we spoke about this a lot last season, but Corey has come a long way. And, like, we, I want to mm-hmm. give credit to Corey. He's really matured, and, like, as he's matured, I've liked him a lot more, but as you said, when you're like, we're both in our mid thirties, when you're in your mid thirties, the shit that people do in their mid twenties or early twenties is not nearly as amusing as when it was when you were in your mid twenties. For sure. It's as much a reflection as where we are as, (laughs) as where they are. Uh, it kind of makes me wonder about the, what was the thing you were talking about before that was being floated about the OGs? Yeah. Versus uh, the like Mark Mark Long uh, has sort of a thing going online where he wants an OG only season of the challenge. So bring back like see, Rachel. I don't want an OG only. I want OGs versus newbies, right? Yeah. Like my concern with that is like unless they've got like old man strength competitions. Yeah. Like. I mean, maybe I'm just thinking about how my own knees hurt so much on a daily <laughs> yeah, basis. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. don't know that, like, I don't but, know that physical competitions would be fair when you have someone who's, like, 27 mm-hmm. in their no, prime. For sure. Even though, like, Mark Long and, like, Darrell are, and, like, uh, what's the other guy's name? But do you really, I don't know if I want to see that. Only OGs, like, I don't know if I want to see that. I don't. Nah, I'd like to. I w- I'd like to s- keep it moving. I would for sure like to see like again. We've mentioned her a few times. Like Emily Schramm come back. Yeah. Who's in great shape and like. I but think also, they need like a ten-year age range. Like this past season was pretty good. But also, if you say you know, we're talking about different themes, and if one of the teams, you know, with the battle of the seasons is just like an OG team. Yeah. Right? Maybe something like that works. Yeah, I'd be into that for sure. Um, let's take a look at the list here. Uh, oh, Eric also wants to know, are uh, you watching, are we watching old seasons on the CBS app? I'm not. No. Are you? No. I will say. Can't say that I am. I'm all in on this season of Big Brother. Davon's on it. Bailey's on it. Um, Cody, Polly's brother, mm-hmm. is on it. Uh, Josh was supposed to be on it. So and so, like, there's a lot of people that. So like, I I watched the first five or six seasons of Big Brother, and then I took a big break. Mm-hmm. So there's like people on it that I know, like Janelle, and there's like a few people I've seen before, like Ian. So like, I'm in on this season, but like, I'm not really. There's a lot of other things I, I'd like to watch that's new to me rather than go back and rehash old seasons. I might at some point like binge watch one. So I have not watched Big Brother at all. And it was just because uh, the timing of it, right? Like when sports, it started right when sports was coming back. And I, Big Brother is a weird thing with me. 
Like I get into it mostly because it's the summertime and there's not much else going on. Yeah. And so I can say I'm going to watch, you know, three times a week, watch Big Brother. But even with that said, I'm still bored with it very soon. And I just keep kind of watching just because it's on. Mm -hmm. Not really because it's really good. And as much as we talk about the challenge in terms of it starts off hot and then calms down in the middle once you get kind of like the wild cards out or the, mm-hmm. you know, all the fun people out with Big Brother, it's even worse. Um, and so I was kind of interested in some of the people that would be in the house. Like, it'd be cool to see Davon again, of course. But overall, I just wasn't, nah, wasn't enough there to kind of to get me get me in on this season of Big Brother. Yeah, fair enough. Is it good? Are you enjoying it? I'm enjoying it. Um, it's a little... It confirms for me why I prefer the challenge. Okay. Like, yeah. when we see the competitions, I'm like... Challenge competitions are more legit. And also, I don't know if it's just that it's an all-star season or what, but I'm finding that the people on Big Brother are not making moves you know Mm -hmm. like they're playing and making this isn't like a big spoiler but there's early on uh alliance of six people formed Mm -hmm. and then three people in that alliance formed a new alliance of six people okay so i'm just like all right so like nine of the like 14 people in the house are in alliances that have shared interests like it's not very exciting for me whereas the challenge format yes there's alliances but it because the challenge changes up its format every season sometimes there's no point in having an alliance no i got you you sort of have to like i don't know push comes to shove more on the on an individual level in the challenge no Um, i got you chauncey Talese, I hope I'm saying that right. Chauncey Talese uh, wants to know which challengers do you wish were still on the show? And we've sort of touched on this. Yeah, we did that already. Yeah. Um, but he also wants to know his for a bonus question from his wife: Which current challenger do we wish wouldn't get invited back? I'm going to assume that D does not count. Because these not yeah, coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um I don't know if there's someone that like even as much as I say I, I dislike Josh, he still provides at least one episode of entertainment of him getting dissed or him losing. So like I don't wanna not see him on the show completely. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah. So I don't know. There isn't anyone, I guess, like, if I was picking some, if I had to pick someone, I guess it would be Josh. But at the same time, like, no, I'm fine with, like, in doses, small doses, playing the role of you being the butt of the jokes and then getting eliminated. Yeah. I would be happy if we never saw Turbo again. Oh, okay. I know there's some people that really love Turbo. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I just think he he should probably go on like Survivor or something. Yeah, well, I mean, like he can't. I just or like Ultimate Tag or whatever that. 
<laughs> something just different the challenge again the challenge is about like wanting to sit and hang out with people as well that's a huge part of watching this show wanting to sit around and hang out with people and i don't want to sit or i don't think anyone wants to really sit around and hang out with turbo he's he's too serious for me and like i i know that like part of it is like cultural differences and i feel bad but just like can't i can't get excited for a season with him because like yes he's physically dominant but like he's too serious he's too like easily offended and like it's not entertaining when he gets offended like i don't know i don't find him very good television i find him off-putting so um yeah i mean i'd be okay if we didn't see Kara again yeah and she's a like massive character to the to the franchise but at the same time it just became too annoying like some people their energy is just too like sad and mad and depressing all the time and it's just like get out of here well i've pointed this out in the past and like it's not even my idea but wes made the point that being on the show for so many seasons in a row is detrimental to your mental health. Mm -hmm. And I think we saw that play out with Kara and I was really glad just like on a personal level that Kara took a season off. Yeah. And Polly took a season off. Like, I think it would be good. Like, I think they're too deep in the weeds and like, maybe I wouldn't be mad if they took two or three seasons off. No, oh, they're coming because, back for sure. Oh, they're for sure coming back. But just like I think it would be really good for them on a personal level and also to mature. Like they got into some weird like game playing, like mm-hmm. tr- trying to manipulate people in real life. And like sometimes you just need to press pause and take a step back. And I'm like, I'm glad to see them take a step back. And I, I'm okay if if like... 2023 they return you know what i mean like i'd like to see them no, get for sure a few years under their belts to figure some things out no for sure for sure uh rochella asks if you didn't work in sports what would you be doing um i would still be working in tv somewhere oh yeah okay don't know uh, with what but definitely probably be working in TV somewhere, doing something else. I have wanted to be a writer of some sort since I was 12, Mm -hmm. maybe younger, eight or nine. Like I was always into writing for a long time. I wanted to be a comic book writer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really like history for a while. I considered like in my early twenties, I considered getting my PhD and becoming like a history professor. So I think along those lines, like teaching and writing or just writing, not a journalist, but like more fiction or like historical books. I'd be into that. Yeah. Something along those lines. Cool. 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 Uh, Perhaps more realistically working retail at a bookstore Okay. Uh, I think you've heard this story, Sheldon, but I used to work at the world's biggest bookstore, mm-hmm. which was exactly what it sounds like. It was a very large <laughs> bookstore in downtown Toronto. And Imagine uh, if you were like, no, nah, we sold t-shirts. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's a great burrito place. Um, <laughs> we, 
I was training to be a forklift driver and I had my forklift licensing exam, but then I got called in to do an interview with the Canadian press. Oh. So I skipped my forklift examination and went to the CP interview, got the job at CP, came in to work at the world's biggest bookstore. Mm -hmm. And my boss was like, what the fuck? Like we had a, cause like for forklift licensing, you have to pay the licensor to come to your premises, right? Like it's not like Uh, you go to like a spot. And he's like, you know, we paid this guy to come and like, you know, showed like we're paying. And I was like, well, I quit. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? I'm like, you heard me. Like I quit. I just got a new job. Like I was at a job interview instead of this. I quit. He's like, I didn't need that in writing. And I like literally took like a grease pencil or like magic marker or something and like a scrap piece of paper and wrote like, I quit sincerely, John Shidley Hill. Like this is my two weeks notice. <laughs> so maybe I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't uh... for CP. Maybe I'd still be like a manager at an Indigo or Chapters or Coles or whatever since they're all the same. Okay. Um, all right. All right. And finally... Sheldon, we made it. Our final question from Kate Eden. Will you consider covering other shows like Big Brother or even movies from the MCU, the Marvel Comics universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah, I think we've kind of talked about that before as a possibility. If if something uh, was big enough, like... And also, too, if something big enough was going on and we had the time, because that's also really the biggest factor, yeah. right? The biggest factor is definitely time, but it, it's definitely on the table. And I think it's one of the things, too, where we would definitely take suggestions. Like if there were a lot of people that were like, hey, you guys really should be watching, I don't know, Selling Vander- Sunset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And we should do a recap on that. If there are enough people in the mentions talking about something like that, we definitely take it under consideration. But the biggest thing always comes down to time, right? Like as mentioned, we do a lot of these things on our off days or free time or whatever, which, you know, we love it and we enjoy doing it. But there's a line still, right? So and, and again, it comes down to how many people would be into that. Yeah. Right. So and we don't know. So let us know what you guys think. It's tough, too, because it the format of our show works best when it's an episodic show released once per week. Mm -hmm. Like we couldn't do it if it's like a streaming show where they're all dropped at once. Yeah. Like we couldn't do it for selling sunset or like stranger things or whatever. Yeah. You just have to do like the full season recap or something like that. But I got you. And so that limits it to a cable show or a network show mm-hmm. big brother is too often per week for us to do it like yeah i, I mean de- you could like, do once a week recaps of big brother i guess wednesday elimination night sundays i don't remember thursdays thursdays, thursdays. so like in theory you could do it on fridays but as mentioned right like maybe during the summer oh wow it is summer right now it's what a, a summer's a quote almost unquote, over sheldon <laughs> well do you know what i mean like a quote-unquote normal summer yeah. Right? Where, like, there isn't NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, baseball going on all at the same time. Uh, maybe that could work. But, yeah, I don't know. 
But yeah, I mean, it all comes down to suggestions as well. Because as mentioned, right, we do the show, but this is also your show as a viewer. So if there's something you guys really want us to talk about, let us know and we'll take it into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. I, the Sheldon's right. The big consideration is time. And the thing that would also be a consideration is like, let's say we got into recapping selling sunset as an example i don't know why we're sticking to that but let's say that's what we're doing <laughs> have you ever seen selling sunset by the way no i i haven't even seen okay. the trailer i know people are like into it but <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna say that i don't want to go on a tangent about selling sunset don't worry oh, okay um but like what if we got into doing that and then the challenge started up then we're like committed to doing two podcasts yeah yeah like like, it would take tough even more tough and like i'm starting my second job in two weeks so like i uh i'll have two jobs at the same time i also i personally also have limitations in terms of what i can podcast about like cp Mm -hmm. has a right of first refusal for content i put out so like i'm fine putting out the challenge podcast yeah uh, but I have to be careful. Like I can't cover Canadian things. Like I couldn't cover Shit's Creek as an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I gotcha. So it's tough. I gotcha. I, gotcha. I like the idea, but I don't know. It'd be tough. Maybe we could do uh, like Raw. Do some pro wrestling because I know you're such a fan. <laughs> wrestling. Wrestling. Uh, I did one other thing I wanted to say. I was so tempted because your birthday just passed. Is it passed or is it coming up? Just passed. passed. Just passed. I was so tempted to get you a book that was like an illustrated guide to tanks. Just, <laughs> just so you could like, okay. you know, get up to speed in case the challenge went back to like the Czech Republic or like Ukraine or something. Okay. I, I don't think the challenge you. is going back to uh, the bunker. No, I, think that's I don't a think thing. so. I think like, that was a failed experiment. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this one, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that one worked. Next year, guaranteed, they're going somewhere. There's going to be a beach. There's going to be a beach house, a big-ass pool, pool party first night. <laughs> they get in yeah. the challenge house. It's, oh, it's going back to basics for sure. It's going to be very tropical. It's going to get steamy <laughs> in more ways than one. Where can the good people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And please continue to like and subscribe to the You Killed It podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play and all that fun stuff. And like and subscribe to the On Blast podcast network. You got a bunch of stuff there. As mentioned, a couple Raptors podcasts, basketball podcasts. And, you know, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, though. Like and subscribe to the YouTube page. You can watch our videos. Whenever we do stuff like this on You Killed It, you can find the video portion online. Just search my name, Sheldon Alexander, or On Blast Podcast. You can find us there for sure. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And if you follow us on YouTube, then you don't have to ask if we're as handsome as we sound. You can see for yourselves how (laughs) handsome we are. Uh, that might can, ruin the allure, though. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. 
I'm uh, doing my weekly golf column. We don't talk about that a lot. I do a weekly golf column looking specifically at Canadian golfers. Okay. So Brooke Henderson, Elena Sharp, Corey Mm -hmm. Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, who's tearing it up this weekend, uh, Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, Taylor Pendrith, the whole gang. Okay. Uh, Yeah, comes out every Wednesday morning. I usually tweet that. Uh, Otherwise, it's always a surprise what I cover. Covered Major League Soccer live. I was in a stadium. Hey. You don't know what I'll cover till I know what I'll cover. So follow me on those social medias. And until whenever, this was (laughs) You Killed It. You killed it.